As I've mentioned a handful of times, I love a corner bar, especially one with over three quarters of a century's history in its walls. When the opportunity arose, I couldn't wait to head to Humboldt Park at roughly 870 North Rockwell Street and 2600 West Iowa Street to a neighborhood bar called Archie's. I'm Tommy Henry, and this is One on Every Corner, Archie's. For this episode, I got to sit down with Katrina Arthur, more on her connection to Archie's in a moment, and for the first time ever, one of my favorite people in the world. My oldest son, Tyler, sat in with me to talk bars and history. For those of you not familiar with Chicago's Humboldt Park, a little history for you. Located on the northwest side of Chicago, Humboldt Park was named for naturalist and geographer Alexander von Humboldt in 1869. And because Chicago, the one time that Alexander von Humboldt visited the United States, he didn't actually travel to Chicago. Humboldt Park is a community that has been defined by its strong cultural presence and ethnic diversity, starting with the influx of immigration by Germans, Scandinavians, mostly Danish and Norwegian, Poles, Ukrainians, Italians, and European Jews, all the way to today's present-day Puerto Rican community. And now, Archie's. Welcome to both of you. Thank you very much for stopping by. Thanks. Let's get something out in the open right now. This place is not called Archie's. No, it is not. My great-grandparents opened this business in 1943. At that time, my grandfather was 12 years old, and our name is the Iowa and Rockwell Tavern, conveniently located on the corner of Iowa and Rockwell. And it truly is a corner bar, which I think is, is great. And we were talking briefly before we started recording about how when I decided to call the podcast One on Every Corner, uh, my friend Wiggins had suggested the name. This is the kind of place that I had in mind that I wanted to visit. So I was thrilled when we started interacting and we were able to finally do this. So your great-grandparents... Mm-hmm. Stanley and Agnes. Stanley. Great. Those are wonderful great-grandparent <laughs> names. Were they first generation or were they, they came over? They came over from Poland uh, by way of Canada, I believe 1906, 1907 time frame. And, and they actually came from the same small town of Borsen, Poland, but they didn't meet until they, were in, they found each other in Canada. How great. Yeah, and then they got married and came to Chicago because... It's one of the largest Polish populations in the world outside of Warsaw. What did your great-grandfather do before he opened the bar? Because he was well into his 30s by that point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What, did he, what did he do before then? So he was a house painter or a decorator, and he started bartending because it was very lucrative in Chicago. And then uh, Agnes and him decided to open. So it was a true mom-and-pop immigrant story. Uh, when they opened this place, they weren't financially stable yet. So my great-grandfather would go out and paint houses during the day. And my great-grandmother would tend bar. And then Stanley would come home and Agnes would go upstairs and make dinner, take care of their son, Archie. And then she'd summon Stanley. He'd have dinner. 
and then he'd go right back downstairs to last call and start it all over again. That had to be a grueling way to to go about things, right? It's yeah, the true immigrant work ethic story. Six days a week. Sunday was for rest or just drinking. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned census records. Mm -hmm. Uh, So these are not necessarily stories handed down, or maybe some of them are, but have you done deep dives into trying to find out more about your family? I've I've tried. It is very difficult. Um, One thing is hard is to find business information because of the great Chicago flood of 92. A lot of records were destroyed, but I do have, I have found signatures of my great-grandmother and my grandfather when they went to Poland to visit, and uh, census records from them when they were living, and they had a border. Nice. Was it upstairs? Oh, it was pre, it was pre-Archies, pre, yeah. And where, uh, where were they living pre-Archies? I believe we, we were, my family was living in the Damon and Division area or Polish Broadway. Yeah. As a lot of people know, in the 1940s, it was just bar after bar, night after night with polka, polka, and polka. And, and a little extra polka if you needed it. On Sundays. Yeah. I like Polish Broadway. Uh, Polish downtown, obviously, mm-hmm. has also gotten that, uh, you know, but that's more of the, the triangle there. Yeah. You know. yeah. So how many kids do they have? They had Archie. They had Archie. Just the one kid. My grandfather. Just one. One and done. The the golden boy. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. My great-grandmother worked, unfortunately, until her death. And a year or two after that, my great-grandfather retired. Uh, My grandfather was just recently 19, 21. It was, you know, before 21 was the drinking age. And he retired for a few years with a new wife, and then they came back, back and forth here and there. But and he basically did. gave the bar to Archie's, yeah. Archie and said, have at it. Yeah. So back before Archie took it over, though, mm-hmm. there was a, a pretty good stretch where it was the Iowa and Rockwell bar. Yeah. And was there signage outside? Do you have pictures from back in the day, or was it kind of a, you just knew because you lived in the neighborhood? I'm assuming a little bit was... If you knew because you lived in the neighborhood. However, there was a gold beer, I believe that was a sign, uh, outside hanging uh, from the 1940s. I have a picture of that, which I'm just happy to share. I, I, I need that, yes. Yes, you can yes. have it. <laughs> <laughs> so Archie, he was single at the time. I'm guessing mm-hmm. your grandmother hadn't entered into the picture. I believe he met my grandmother... I'm trying not to age my mother, but sometime in the early 60s. I'm sure she'd understand. We can all do math. Did they meet at the bar? That's the big question. I don't know. I really don't know. Listen, I feel like you need to do a little more research, or maybe I'll just find out for you. I'll do all the research. You'll talk to the owner. Yeah, I'll I'll do the research for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll find the truth out about all this stuff. So it gradually became known as Archie's because Archie was the guy. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it became Archie's because after a few decades, everyone's like, let's go see Archie this afternoon. Let's go to Archie's. And it just quietly morphed into that. And when I started working here over 15 years ago, we only had a ham sign outside the front door. So no one knew. We had an, and an old um, awning and there's no name on it. So everyone called us the Hams Bar or the Marlin Bar because you could see the Marlin through the window. It's a good-looking Marlin. And for listeners, how long is that Marlin? 
8, 10, 12, 70 feet. It seems ginormous. <laughs> well, it's I'm not good at estimating, but, you know, I thought, I thought you might know. Well, it is taller than me, so it is at least over five feet, two inches. Okay. I'd say seven and a half. <laughs> and it weighs, I <laughs> I like that you didn't want to go like eight, seven, seven and a half. Okay. It weighs, I believe, um, 160 pounds. My mom and her husband caught it in their honeymoon about 25 years ago, and they brought it back. They knew they wanted the meat from the marlin, so they had a fiberglass replica created because back then when smoking was still allowed in bars, the taxidermist in Hawaii said, if you're putting this in a bar, it's going to deteriorate. Might as well make the investment of fiberglass. Way to upsell. Yeah. That guy had it all figured out. I, I have no idea what it, 25 years ago that would have cost. But. It sounds like a busy few days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, they have a great little system in Hawaii where they sell the meat to the local restaurants so there is no waste. So they didn't try to like pack it in their suitcases and drag <laughs> it back it, to yeah. Chicago? Uh, have a little fish fry at Archie's <laughs> on Friday night? They, they were able to bring some of it back. Uh, okay. uh, it was pre-9-11, so they were able to put, uh, carry it on with dry ice on the plane. I don't know if how they would drive from Hawaii to Chicago, but I'm sure there's a way. Drive from Hawaii That's to Chicago. You said. That yeah. was the, did I say drive from? <laughs> oh yeah. boy, uh, this is this you. is getting she edited right out. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow. Bartender ears. <laughs> you know what? You're you very clever. Everything. So you grew up in this environment. I did. I did. What was it like being a kid? And you know, your grandpa's still running the bar, and your parents would say, "We're going to go see Grandpa today." Mm -hmm. Or how, how did that all work? So we never visited Grandpa until we were about ten years old or I was 10 years old, my brother was 12. And it was right after my grandmother passed because my grandmother just, just had strict rules. The kids are not going to the bar. So after grandma passed, we'd go visit grandpa on Sundays and we'd run around the bar. My brother would shoot pool with the old timers and I would just run around, muck around. Um, one of my earliest memories is here. I was like 10, 11 years old and got all dressed up and I had a purse with shiny paint on it and just running around the bar and and then I dropped something and there's a gentleman who was sitting there Mr. Paul he was a longtime friend of my grandfather's and they would come and they'd sit and play cards and they'd have a sheet of how much they owed each other all the money over the years and so when I reached down for something I picked my head up and said grandpa why does Mr. Paul have cards in his socks? Oh, my wow. gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he was never invited back to Archie's again. <laughs> no, no. They, they kept their card game for at least another decade. That's really funny. But they yeah. kept checking each other's ankles just to make sure that it was on the up and up. Probably. You never wow. know. You can't trust these old men playing cards and bars. Now, when you were a kid, were you like, I can't wait to grow up because I want to work at Grandpa's Bar? Or was it like, that was not of interest at all? And... It was not of interest. Oh. I, I'd never kind of figured out what I wanted to do when I grew up until I grew up. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> One of the many things I love about this place is you don't have 
stuff up for like kitsch value it's not like you guys went on ebay and found a lot of this stuff i'm guessing a lot of the meisterbrow stuff that you have up on the walls and all the old-timey cans and all the old-timey pictures that's been here forever it's been here forever right you're right yeah my grandfather fancied himself an archaeologist was what he wanted to do when he was a teenager instead of going into the family business and he never had that opportunity, but he would go to Maxwell Street, the old Maxwell Street back in the day, and he would salvage items from prohibition, pre-prohibition, beer cans, beer trays. He has uh, an intense beer tray collection, beer can collection. When my mom and I started, well, when I started working here, we just, you know, took some stuff down, left some stuff up, and... I feel really the only new thing here is the big screen TV. And that was because <laughs> the old TV, it worked just fine, you know, at six o'clock at night. You turn it on at two o'clock in the afternoon. It was a little blue. But by six o'clock, you know, when the news came out. So it on, took four hours to warm up, is what you're hours, saying? Yeah. Wow. Wow. It took four hours to warm up, but no one ever really thought of anything except for Mr. Hutch. Mr. Hutch is a dear friend of my grandfather's. He actually worked here for my great-grandfather. Oh, boy. He was the only member of the 60-year club. He was the president, vice president, and treasurer. He would come here every, almost every afternoon to watch the Cubs game. And we, when we installed Coca-Cola and the soda gun, he was not having it. So we still had to go get Diet Coke in the can for him. Wow. And then he had a bag of cashews and... He finally looked at my mom one day and was like, Deb, come here for the Cubs game. Do you think you can fix the TV? <laughs> wow. So it took an old man whose eyesight was probably not great at the time to be like, enough's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom's like, well, at this point, you've been here for about 50 years. I think we can make the investment. Nice. That's but, very But no nice. one ever noticed because no one ever really looked at the TV except for Mr. Hutch. Now, I'm sure mom is a regular listener. Um, was she excited about taking over the bar when your grandfather passed on, or was it like... Well, she started working here in the 90s. She worked with him side by side, and after my brother turned 21, it was the three of them. And then unfortunately, in around or about 2005, 2006, my grandfather got sick and retired. And that's when my mom and my brother worked here full time. And then I got laid off from a job and I was like, went on one bad interview and I was like, I don't want to do this. Mom, can I help you? It's stressful, it right? Is. Yeah. yeah. There's something so uh, kind of calming about being under the neon Budweiser sign. Your great grandparents started this bar. They were Polish immigrants. Mm -hmm. Did they serve Polish beers then? Do you still serve Polish beers now? We don't serve Polish beers now. Um, unfortunately, it's not very in demand, but our selection is, I'd like to say, about 80% sh Chicago craft beer. Uh, we have this Miller, Staples, Hams, High Life, Modelo, but we also like to have our craft selection revolve around Chicago. Uh, wonderful breweries like Pipeworks and Half Acre, um, smaller ones like Great Central and a very, very old school Chicago uh, brewing company called the Conrad Sipe Brewing Company. 
Tommy and I were talking about this before. I think there's going to be some spoilers. We're not be ta- he's going to be talking about uh, Sipe Brewing. And it is one of the beers that uh, helped uh, bring back Chicago after the great Chicago fire. One of the things that caught my attention was the uh, cash register. Do you yeah. have any, uh, any additional information on that? Has that been here as long as the bar has? Is it newer? Tell me more. Does it work? Do you use it? Well, the last time we used it, it worked. Um, it's an old um, punch register so, or ringer, so you have to push the keys down really hard. And one summer day, 12, 14 years ago, we were working and we were punching the keys down. And then because of the humidity, it got stuck. It was pre-air conditioning, <laughs> which is <laughs> the air conditioning was a big thing here. <laughs> And so then we stopped uh, banging the keys after that, but we still use it. Oh, no, I, I saw the air conditioning up in the corner, but I was thinking you've got these nice fans around the, mm-hmm. you know, around the bar, which you know, look fairly new. I'm guessing mm-hmm. at some point you made the decision to change those. Or Mr. Mm-hmm. Hunt said, listen, <laughs> I've been here for over Mr. 60 years. Mr. Hutch. Mr. Hutch? Right. Yeah. Man, I am just falling down on the job today. What is that about? That's why I'm here. All right, couple Thank other things that I'm very here. curious about. Thank you. Boy, I got to tell you, you got to be to my left all the time. You've got giant boxes of milk bone dog biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you consider yourself a dog friendly bar or a friendly dog bar, or what do you what do you say? We are a dog friendly bar with friendly dogs. Nice. Um, one of my earliest memories here was my grandfather had two Doberman pinchers and they sat up on top of the stairs that led to the apartment that he grew up and lived in and they would just sit there and watch the world go by and then when we we started working here someone's like hey can I just want to grab a beer can I bring my dog and I kind of just naturally evolved to that of the many things that I love about your social media, you have little contests. Mm-hmm. And so one of your contests was, and, and for those of you not following, Archie's underscore Chicago, yes? Mm-hmm. In 2022, how many cans of hams were sold? I made a pretty good guess, I thought. I guessed, do you, do you want to guess? At this bar? Yeah, at this yeah. bar. Um, I'm going to say... Um, 11,210. I guess 38,500. I don't know. Again, I went kind of in the middle. Um, The correct answer was 42,450 cans, which is about 116 cans just of hams per day. Yeah. And that doesn't account for like clothes, you know, days you're closed. Mm -hmm. Then you followed it up with a Malort, a Chicago favorite. 2022, how many shots of Malort were sold? Ooh, I know. Um, yeah. Put Tyler on How the spot. How many shots? How, How many, many shots, shots of motor in a bottle? Uh, we are, have liter bottles, so it's roughly 34, 35 shots a bottle. Okay. Um, I'm going to say um, you probably went through 350 cases of those six Six bottle cases. They're 12 bottle cases. They're 12? Okay, yeah. so then have that, like 175 cases. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. That many shots of Malort. I don't even know if they distill that much more. (laughs) (laughs) We sold 35 cases. 35 cases, wow. Which is about 13,572 shots of Malort, which is 37 shots a day. Yeah. Good on you. But 
It was really funny. That's why the neighborhood all kind of walks like uh, <laughs> a little, you know. It's a little bit of the sidewalk. Oh, that's probably it's it. Yeah, it's an uneven. That's what I say when I stumble. I go, oh, the sidewalk's uneven. Got to get the alderman on your side for other yeah, things, yeah. like the lime wedges. Yeah. It was really funny. I put up a chalkboard sign, and if you look around, not everyone there's hates little signs, little notes, and like Tyler said, not everyone hates Malort. And I put that up, and wow, I hear about that pretty much every single night. And I'm like... I know. You betcha. <laughs> Speaking of hams, $2 hams happy hour, uh, what is it, Tuesdays through Friday, 4 to 7. Yep. So that's got to be a big draw. You said this is big. Um, when we talked about meeting up, I said, uh, how about I come in at this time? And you went, well, oh, it gets a little loud. Why does it get loud here? Well, we have, in, in my humble opinion, the best Jeopardy game going in the city. From 3.30 to 4, five days a week, we show Jeopardy, we turn off the music, we dial up the TV, and people chime in. The pool table, for a brief moment, stops. It, it picks right up during commercial break. And my bartender, Jeff, came up with this lovely little game called Final Jeopardy. Not sure where he got that name. Clever. He hands out little pieces of paper, and you get to wager with him. And if he gets fine for, for bragging rights only, I'm sure. Oh, well, no, well, oh, oh, boy. One of 37 shots of Malort per day. <laughs> <laughs> if you can beat Jeff on Final Jeopardy, meaning he gets it wrong, which is very rare, he will buy the customer a shot out of his own pocket. Wow. Yeah. And I've, I, I told Jeff, my mom has talked to Jeff, he's like, you know, you have a comp tab, put it on there, no big deal. But no, as a matter of principle, he pays out. And he's got some really good streaks going. I think for the, for the bragging rights alone, it's kind of cool to say, and Jeff had to buy me a shot out mm-hmm. of his own pocket. You mentioned the bar opened in 1943. Mm-hmm. It's 2023 when we're recording this. So now we're at 80 years. 80 How years? are you guys celebrating? We are going to have the most fantastic block party We had one for our 75th anniversary, and this one feels extra special. We closed for an entire year and one day during COVID. The city regulations were changing as fast as we were learning about the virus. So we decided that we were going to close down. And finally, you know, the next year later, when it got to 50% capacity, we reopened because for the bulk of the pandemic, for like eight months, it was 25% capacity. And for us, it's only 12 people. And we didn't want to turn people away. And people had to remain seated, but they didn't specify if dogs had to remain seated. So, you know, wow. we were just erring on the side of caution. <laughs> but we didn't want to turn anybody away. If there was 11 people in here and two people walk up, we wouldn't. We didn't have the heart to do that. This is a community space. We're here... Um, because of the neighborhood. So we made it through COVID. We reopened. And now we're having a block party. It's going to be on Saturday, June 24th. Things are going to get start rolling around noon. We're going to have the Guilty Pig food truck. It, it, and, and Chicago's premier polka rock band, the Polka Holics. What? Will oh, be playing. That's outstanding. That's it what I was hoping is. for. Yeah, I'm super excited, and we're gonna have a lot of other local bands, uh, people who've played here throughout the years, friends, neighbors. We have a 
heavy metal band, uh, 1837, which is named after the year Chicago was founded. Our good friends at Dark Matter Coffee and their band, Wild Jesus and the Devil's Lettuce, will be performing. <laughs> and all of this is a way for us to say thank you to our community that has supported us for 80 years. We are running a fundraiser at the same time. Our charity partner for this is CARF, the Critical Animal Relief Foundation, which was founded right down the street here on Western Avenue about 10 years ago. And we always have a special place in our hearts for all the doggos. So Riot Fest was super generous and gave us a pair of tickets. Uh, for a $20 donation to CARF, you get an entry. And before the block party, we're going to pick a winner. And you will win a three -day, two three-day passes to Riot Fest. And you will win two VIP tickets to the Archie's block party. Now, so the funny thing is, a, an old friend messaged me. She's like, Katrina, we got our flights. We got our Airbnb. But we don't have tickets. Where do I buy tickets? Because she noticed the post about winning two VIP tickets. I'm going to stop you right there to say, I thought she was flying in for your block party. She is. Oh, no, well, is. no, it took me a minute to, I was like, are you talking about Riot Fest or are you talking about the block party? Block party. The block party. Okay. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Uh, See, you're catching on all this stuff. That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, we have um, former regulars, former neighbors that spread out, moved across the states, and they're coming specifically for our 80th block party. A little shout out to Corey and Susie, who are now in South Carolina, who will be coming here for the weekends. And I told her, I was like, oh, no, don't worry. We don't have tickets to the block party. It's a free block party. We're asking for donations for the animal rescue. But I'm trying to hype it up to get people to donate, <laughs> to get these VIP tickets. And when you win, yes, listener, when you win. <laughs> I'll just, I'll see myself out. Go ahead. <laughs> you will not win, only win two three-day passes to Riot Fest. You get two VIP passes at Archie's, which means free food from the Guilty Pig food truck, and free drinks all day. We have a number of breweries that are donating kegs to the Animal Rescue, which is exciting. We're also going to have a non-alcoholic tent um, with our friends from uh, Dark Matter Coffee and Brooklyn Brewery, so I'm super excited. And that is one of the things that I wanted to talk about, the change over the years. Th we pride ourselves on being a local or neighborhood establishment. People mistake us for being a dive bar, and we, we are. We have cheap beer, although we do mop the floors at least five days a week. <laughs> but we're a place for people to come together, and that is when, even when my great-grandparents started, and people would come after work, relax, blow off some steam, meet their neighbors, meet their friends, network before it was networking, get a job, find a construction crew to work on, uh, join a union, become a bricklayer, or work at the rail yards right down the street. And it's just been, we've been this mainstay in the community for 80 years. And in the 15 plus years that I've worked here, the one thing that has evolved is not everybody drinks anymore. And people still, alcohol or not, they still want to feel a part of something. 
they want to be able to talk to their neighbor or play a free game of pool or sit in the high top table with a book. So the, in the last two years, our non-alcoholic options have really grown and it's amazing and it makes me happy that, you know, it really makes me happy when 13,000 people come in here and do shots of my lords. I mean, right, exactly. Well, and it's nice that you have so many offerings for people who just want to be social. Yeah. Again, after the, you know, years that we had of, of kind of being quarantined, mm-hmm. to be able to get out and experience a little human interaction. And again, for people who don't want to drink, like yeah. you've got other offerings. Yeah. So, and I think it just boils down to People want to know that they're not alone. They want to be a part of something. And I have been blessed to carry this on. I'm not sure if I'm going to be here another 80 years. <laughs> but um, I'm really happy to know that this is just going to continue on in people's hearts. One last question for you. In 40 years, 50 years, Archie's is still here. You're long retired, living on a, a tropical island, I don't know, wherever you are. How do you want Archie's to be thought of? I want Archie's to be, to have that memory of being welcomed. People just being able to come in here and have a good time. Friendly faces, friendly banter over pool games. This, this bar is home. We visited grandpa on Sundays when, and then my mom and brother and I moved upstairs and this was always home. And I love it when people feel at home here. And I hope that's one of the lasting memories. Katrina Arthur, thank you so much for being welcoming to us and and, uh, being so uh, conversational today. Thank you so much, Tommy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode about the Iowa Rockwell Bar known as Archie's. Special thanks to Katrina Arthur from Archie's and to Tyler Henry, who has much better retention skills than I do. If you'd like to help the podcast, please like, rate, and review the episodes, and make sure you hit follow wherever you listen so that you don't miss an episode. My pal John K. Schneider is the creative soul behind most of the art you see on the social media pages. If you've got an art project and need the best, reach out to John at angeleyesartjks at gmail.com. All other info is covered in the show's notes or at chicagohistorypod.com. So until next time, get out and explore when possible. Learn more about whatever city you live in and stay safe.